Hello again and welcome to episode 12 of the Post-Concussion Syndrome Awareness Podcast. Uh, now today uh, there's a little bit of a difference in, in what I would like to talk about and I've, I've had some good feedback um, regarding this which is why, why I want to include it and it's been a theme or a part of um, the a great theme or part of the groups for several years now. Um, it's to do with healing, and I'm not just talking about general healing. I mean uh, the different types of healing and therapies and things which are available to help people. Now, in previous interviews, we've heard about uh, yoga, restorative yoga, meditation, mindfulness, Pilates, all kinds of different things. Um, now, I've I've come up with a background since um, I think I went to India in 2002 and discovered uh, Yusui Reiki, uh, which is a a healing principle which originated in Japan. And that led me to a a kind of, as I was very sceptical, it led me to kind of question a lot of things in life. And I I was very lucky to find that years before my first ever um, malt-traumatic brain injury. So there's much more besides Reiki. Reiki is one sort. There's angelic Reiki. There's um, spiritual healing. Um, there's uh, biophotonic healing, vibrolite, all kinds of different energies and things. And there's, there's many, many, many more that I can't even mention. And also we've got uh, energetic touch therapy. Uh, so we're, look, we're looking at bone technique therapy. Um, an MLD, um, Shiatsu, there's uh, th- there's quite a few others, uh, different types of massage, oil aromatherapy, uh, phytochemical type massage. Uh, and then of course there's acupuncture and there's, there's probably cranial, sacral and Indian head massage and, and reflexology as well, acupressure too. So the, the role... Um, in my opinion, similar ways to stimulate the uh, the body mind, and the body mind is, is a, a kind of underused term, which uh, calls to the key relation between your brain and your central nervous system and the rest of your body. Um, the ancient Chinese acupuncture, acupressure, they looked at the human body as a map, pretty much as uh, like a, a computer geek looks at a uh, computer. Uh, like motherboard or like um, you know the the chip inside inside a computer as a map of the computer they can they can understand how it all works and so on. <clears throat> so these energy flows and things are very very susceptible, particularly following a brain injury to getting blocked off or energies are dampened and things as well. Uh, one of the, the most common things uh, is to have a, a low chi, low energy. Uh, biophotonic energy is uh, vital life force energy. So, in scientific terms, this is is what drives us as human beings, and and you know keeps us alive, keeps us going. And w- this energy can be measured, can be measured scientifically. Uh, and when a sick person is measured, you'll find that these levels are very extremely low. And a healthy, vibrant person, the, the levels, biophotonic levels, be much higher. So it's not hokey-cokey, it's not kind of just something that, that is kind of like dreamed up from the ether. Uh, these are things which are proven, and they are able to help. Not just as 
people look for a silver bullet or something in order just to help them or to, to kind of cure them one thing. I always say you need to have four or five or six things. You need to maybe have half a dozen things at least and, and maybe even alternate uh, uh, and, and uh, kind of rotate those as well. So the things we talk about tonight are energetic. Uh, they're also um, gentle manipulation, like in bone technique therapy, is a manipulation of myofascial tissues and nerves and things. Or in acupuncture, it, it's uh, entering with the needles into meridian points. And that's been proven over many thousands of years to be able to work. It is something that, again, is the opposite, almost complete opposite in terms of mechanism of Western allopathic medicine, whereby, you know, you have pain, you take a painkiller, the pain goes away, or it seems to go away, it gets suppressed, or if you're depressed, you take an antidepressant, and after, after a few days you don't feel as depressed. Whereas the Western method is a way usually of suppressing an illness until later, uh, the therapeutic means is a slow and gradual way of building up to allow the body and its immune system uh, to tackle the problems f uh, gradually full on. So how I got into this... I'd always uh, had um, an inquisitive mind and I always thought that, well, you know, we were always bigger, more than our physical bodies. Whatever your spiritual beliefs, if any, are, or your religious beliefs, there's always a higher power involved. And I believe that we are part of that and that we are uh, in the flow of it. Uh, we only feel separate because of our ego or our personality or, or who we think we are. Uh, but really, we are unlimited light and potential and energy. And science has proven that as well. They said exactly the same. Um, so, in terms of Reiki, first of all, Reiki healing is something which I would... It's possibly not for absolutely everybody, but I would urge you to look into. And Yusui Shiki Ryoho, or Yusui's system of natural healing, self-healing, uh, was reintroduced into the world... Uh, in 19th century Japan, Dr. Yusui channeled this energy and he was a, a great doctor, a great healer. Um, he set up clinics in Kyoto um, before Tokyo was the capital and they would treat people daily, two, three times daily uh, and keep them for weeks. In the days before antibiotics and, and before things like tuberculosis and so on could be cured, and, and in his clinics, uh, him and his students, uh, as a sensei, they were curing people of things which were, were incurable. And the doctors at the time would send people to him as a last resort. And some of the power of that, people feel, has been watered down as it, it was brought over to the West. Um, but the energy remains the same, the kind of the passing of the attunements the opening your body to, to be able to channel this energy, to be able to bring it through your hands and your feet, your eyes, your nose, your mouth, is really uh, something which is hard to describe. I found out about it uh, on a trip to India, like I said, uh, you know, 25, 26 years ago, whatever it was. And uh, this little Indian chap did me a Reiki session, thinking, well, you know, this this would be nice, it would be enjoyable. Um and afterwards, he told me a lot of things, and, and you know, he was very, very kind of like uh, intuitive as well. 
And then I think in the days that followed, like my body had it like a toxin flush, like a cleaning out, uh, which was pretty vicious. If you've ever been to India, you'll know that um, you know the food alone and the, the drinking water alone can uh, lead to uh, quite a yeah quite a violent reaction. Um, but following that, I went home and, and thought, right. That this this is something I I was sceptical about. I wouldn't literally believe. So I started reading and studying, and then looked for a teacher, and, and then found somebody to take me through. And after a few years being through that, using it, but only as a means to help to heal myself. And it works on an emotional level, a psychological level, a physical and a spiritual level. So it isn't just about um, going out to heal other people. In fact, that's, that's a secondary attribute of it. It's there for you to uh, focus on your own journey. As in the East, it's looked at in a different way. And well, actually, uh, you should be able to heal yourself and, and don't worry about anybody else, you know, uh, as much. Don't worry unless your calling is to be a doctor or whatever. Don't worry about healing other people. Start with yourself, and then if everybody does that, then we're in a much better position. Uh, so going through that and learning many other attributes uh, that helped me through my own injuries. Um, as I was every, every morning, I, I wake up, I'll put my hands on my chest, my body to give myself Reiki. And at any time when I feel uncomfortable or if I feel uh, drawn or tired or down, I'll do the same if, if it's if it's comfortable. Um, and the same at night time as well, which helps you even get to sleep and helps restful sleep. So particularly Reiki for brain injury. Now, this is important part. We don't always know how the Reiki works. We don't always know how it helps us through. Uh, but it can significantly, in my opinion, it can reduce feelings of anxiety, depression, low self-worth, low self-esteem that have, have come as a result of PCS. And that's truly important. Um, it's also uh, something that can be sent over distance, as, as, like, as we've proven through quantum theory, quantum physics, that, uh, that there is, in fact, like a non-locality. There's, there's literally no, no, you can send a healing uh, to anywhere, anybody, any person or any place in the world if you want to. And, and quantum physics has quite you know, conveniently backed this up as well. So uh, there's, there's something that you can do to develop a, a form of psychic Reiki healing as well, where thinking for a person's uh, uh, best healing, higher healing, you can learn to channel the energy that way. Um, some people have the ability naturally, but when you learn the Reiki system and you study and you understand how it works and the deeper you go into it, you find out that, well, actually, you're just riding the waves of that quantum energy. You're just riding the laws of nature anyway. So it doesn't seem so kind of like hokey as it does to people that know absolutely nothing about it and aren't even prepared to contemplate that it might be useful. So as a skeptic, I would advise you, uh, if you are sceptical yourself, at least have a look at it as well. Um, what else helped? Well, in 2011, uh, I think I'd been diagnosed with fibromyalgia in about 2009, uh, although the effects came on much earlier than that, and so I had this what, they, what I call a double whammy. And I was at a group, a, a local support group, 
for fibromyalgia. And it was like about 95% there were, were ladies, mostly middle-aged or, you know, kind of uh, thereabouts. And, and there was, I think it was only myself and another gentleman. And um, I would go along and um, I would kind of sit there and listen and um, see what was going on. And there was a, a lady that came to, to do the talk, a doctor, um, Dr. Alison Merrick. And she came to do a talk on bone technique therapy, which I'd never even heard of. It was like, well, uh, she talked so eloquently and so uh, precisely about how this could help or potentially help with myofascial uh, problems such as fibromyalgia and um, then offered to you know maybe take some of us as case studies well I, w- I was immediately curious but e- equally skeptical again I always remain skeptical and uh, I did contact her and started going for sessions I think every every couple of weeks or so and at the time I couldn't afford to pay even the full amount for therapy um, but it was immensely powerful. Just at the time, I was physically knackered. My body was unresponsive. I was sleeping so long. I was just like really, really in a bad way. And um, I remember going for the sessions and it seemed like, well, you know, there was light movements of like muscles and tissues and things, certain areas. And I was warned that, you know, for, for two or three days afterwards, I could be a little bit out of it. At the time, it wasn't a problem because I didn't have too much of an active life. Um, but I found that, yeah, I would be wiped out for two two days, sometimes even three days afterwards each session. But following that, there was just like a gradual uh, upliftment and the movement ahead. And then... As the months went by, things improved gradually, and within the space of a year or less than a year, I was able to uh, become physically active, to go to the gym, to be able to run, to be able to walk long distances again, to feel more vitality, more energy, everything else, have less pain, have less problems as well. And uh, also had some MLD, that's manual lymphatic drainage, to help with the, uh, obviously, lymphatic process, the communicator between the brain and the microbiome in the gut. And uh, this helped me no end. Uh, In subsequent years, I had uh, sessions of acupuncture, uh, which is maybe a couple of years later. Um, And that really helped in different ways. This helped uh, me identify uh, weak spots in my own body, which were energy weak spots, like uh, like dampness in the gut, uh, energy there because of having fibromyalgia and having issues all my life. I, I realised that there were things, certain foods that were bad for me, other things that were probably really good and that boosted energy as well. So the, the acupuncture taught me how to deal with that. I know some people tried. I tried Tai Chi and uh, Qigong and different things. I never quite got to that because I couldn't find the right instructor or the right person uh, and so on. But those would be very good with energy and movement as well. And I learned the principles, some of the principles of that, but that's really good. Uh, And in Reiki as well, there's uh, an element which hasn't quite come to the West, which was called the Koto Dharma. 
uh, kotadharma means a sacred sound or the singing, the resonance of sound whilst you're bringing the healing into yourself or into another person. Uh, there's certain sounds, child, father, mother sounds. And I believe they used in Aikido as well as a, as a type of uh, way to raise energy. And these particular sounds can help to boost um, the patterns and frequencies, frequencies, vibrations of healing. So by that time, I was starting to learn a few tricks. Uh, and you might say, well, you know, uh, I, I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if this is the right thing. But I found that, well, the more I looked at different things, the more you could combine them together. So rather than just looking for the one thing, then you can maybe try to have a few things as well. Um, what else was there? So uh, also acupressure, which again is similar to bone or between bone and acupuncture as well. Again, working with meridian points. Reflexology, which is uh, absolutely wonderful. If you can get somebody to play with your feet and kind of like push your feet and that, that can be not only just really satisfying but really healing and really again you can have big clear outs afterwards you know if you get the right reflexologist and the person that will kind of put the right pressure at the right points in your feet then that can have a, a great boosting effect um, and a great healing effect I think the first time I had reflexology was uh, it would have been about April 2015 and I'd been to Brazil on holiday for a few weeks and was in the airport and, and waiting for the flight. There was, a, I think, two, a couple of hours to wait. Uh, there were all these big comfy chairs lined up down one side of the, uh, the departure lounge. And there's all these ladies sat there doing kind of like neck massages and reflexology. And this lady was saying in Portuguese, she was saying, oh, you know, this, this, you'll have the best flight of your life. And, you know, don't worry, you know, you're quite tall and, you know, just, just do this. You'll be so relaxed, you'll probably fall asleep. And uh, I, I don't like long haul flights. Well, I, I, I don't mind them, but they can be really uncomfortable um, if you're kind of my height, like six foot two or over. So I said, well, yeah, it was a few rails. It wasn't expensive. I said, you know, uh, you know, please do my feet. And afterwards, I, I was just putting my socks and shoes back on. I felt so relaxed. I felt so, uh, like, really glowing. On the flight home, it was just like, uh, it was like a dream. Uh, 15 hours or 16 hours or whatever it was, it was like, I, I was nearly asleep. I was I was just so relaxed. It was like the best long-haul flight you'd ever hope to have. So reflexology can work uh deeper again when you have a few sessions when you go into the issues because your feet like the rest of your body will respond to areas where there is an issue you'll flinch in a certain area where it's one part of the body there is a problem like liver or kidneys or heart or whatever but if you keep going you can get the results and um I know there's a difference in cultures between in the west USA UK Australia where you know people will sometimes get things on their insurance in the US or they'll try something and pay for something themselves but if they don't see immediate results within one, two, three, four sessions they'll just kind of dismiss it and they'll be like no, well, you know and they won't always they'll, they'll go maybe sometimes going with a wrong mindset but if you go in with a, an open mindset and give it as much chance as you can 
then there's always a potential benefit, particularly when it's combined with other therapies. So if you think about sound therapy, energy treatment like Reiki, and the physical touch like Bowen, reflexology, and our others, acupuncture, if you're using two or three or four in combination, then you're going to find that they overlap. And so it's like it's like a recipe, really. It's like trying to, um, all the ingredients in the recipe, recipe for healing. You know, you, you can't just make a cake with eggs alone or, or with just flour alone. You know, you need all the ingredients at once. You need the icing, you need the fruit, you need the, uh, the flour the, the, and everything else. Uh, and then you're going to have a good cake. <laughs> you know, you're going to have good healing if you're going to uh, combine a few things together. But if you just taste the flour and go, yeah, that doesn't taste anything like Victoria sponge cake. Uh, you know, I'm not going to do that. Then, you know, you, you may be missing out. That's just my opinion. Uh, what else did I say? What else did I mention? Well, Indian head massage. Um, wonderful. Tremendously relaxing. And cranial sacral therapy as well is, again, is something that goes deep in, into the psyche. Uh, and a lot of people have had some wonderful results with that. So please, if you have had beneficial experiences with any of these therapies, um, please get in touch um, and let me know. Uh, or if you want to talk about them, come online, we can do an interview and so on, if you are a practitioner in any one of those. Uh, but yeah, they, they can be really massively beneficial. Right, and now we get a little bit more esoteric. Uh, different things. Um, I don't know how many of you have heard of Rife, or Rife machine. Royal Rife was a scientist in the 20s and 1920s and 30s. He uh, harnessed an energy, electromagnetic um, um, energy, which had already been created, it had already been... Uh, kind of discovered, but he harnessed it into a machine, which was uh, like a, a frequency modulator. And what uh, Royal Rife discovered was that all germs, diseases, and, and kind of, you know, kind of bad things in the body, all had a certain frequency. Now, the, those frequencies uh, it could be determined uh, electronically. So, say for instance, cancer or um, you know, any particular disease or um, <laughs> virus or even pain and, and, uh, and, and kind of like neuroregeneration, they all had specific frequencies. So what he did was he, he worked through years, months and years, him and, and his lab partner, uh, to determine these frequencies. They went countless hours and days on end, you know, like 10, 12 hour days and longer to find these frequencies and then they started to work on healing people of all kinds of diseases and um, he got into healing people that had cancers with this Rife machine, again an electrical machine um, it didn't go down too well with whatever it was then, I don't know if it was the FDA or, or the governing body for medicine in America uh, it was definitely post uh, Carnegie Rockefeller when they hijacked medicine, uh, cuckoo medicine as it is now. Uh, it was definitely after that where they destroyed all the naturopathic clinics and all the natural, but they were still in the process of, of, of uh, destroying any forms of natural healing um, so they could replace it with um, patent-based drug medicine. Uh, so unfortunately it got to the point where, well it wasn't unfortunate, he, he was 
curing. He had about a 94, 95% cure rate uh, for cancers. He could treat people with cancer. Um, but not being satisfied, he went back to his lab and, and got it up even higher. Around the same time, he was approached by the governing body and uh, like, Mr. Rife, do you, would you like to kind of sell us your uh, uh, patented uh, devices and research and things? He was like, no, I don't want to sell it to you because you'll just bury it, you'll just destroy it. And uh, they went away and next thing you know, they came back uh, with the full arm of the law. The American government, the state, or the criminal kind of police body or whoever they had in their pockets, and they uh, took sledgehammers and destroyed his lab, burnt his research, all his equipment, everything else, and just ruined him. Uh, drove him through the courts and uh, ruined him, put him in prison. And um, it's the same with his family, just, just kind of like because he wouldn't comply, because he wouldn't allow them to take this uh, treatment off off the streets um, they, they did him in uh, when he got out of prison years later I was pretty much ruined and became an alcoholic and uh, died of a drug overdose um, I think it must have been pretty tough for him uh, but he his legacy remains today and a, the Rife machine uh, is something which is still available. They are quite expensive. You know, some people can make their own if you've got enough knowledge and the technology. Um, but they're still very effective tools for healing. Um, these days, you don't necessarily have to have a Rife machine. If you go on YouTube, uh, which is a great tool for healing, healing sound frequencies and energies, and you put in Rife Healing for brain injury or whatever or pain or headache or migraines or whatever you'll find that there's quite a, an array of, of places there i think spooky too rife is one but there's, there's many many uh rife frequencies that can be used as first aid sound healing similar in the way that binaural frequencies and so on are used um which leads me on to biofeedback or uh, brain sync is another version Biofeedback's used or neurofeedback's used a lot in brain injury and again the, the many ways to implant positive seeds in the brain and in the mind to aid recovery. Like I've always said before belief is a massive massive part of recovery and if you believe and fully believe even through the process of biofeedback neurofeedback that you can and will recover then you stand a much much greater chance. Um, in terms of sound frequency and healing for the future, well, I know a lot of different healers, a lot of different people that work with different modalities. Uh, one is the use of a variety of tuning forks. Tuning fork healing is very short and sweet and sharp. It's very, very precise, but extremely powerful, where the practitioners work with a range of different sizes and frequencies of, of tuning forks that um, obviously vibrate at a very high frequency. Uh, and when used in a certain sequence, it can powerfully kind of clear energies in the brain. Uh, I've had tuning fork healing uh, a few times, and it is that really, really uh, hard to explain, but, but it, it can really it can really um, kind of cause a, a great shift. Um, 
that there is a science behind it, the science of frequency, again, in numbers, solfeggio tones, everything else, all based on mathematics. The science of healing is based on mathematics as well. So certain vibration states in the brain at certain frequencies are related to certain brainwave states, alpha, beta, gamma, theta, delta. Gamma, of course, is the one for healing, and that leads us on to binaural healing and binaural frequencies. So going into gamma rate of healing, again, YouTube's full of this kind of stuff. You can look it up yourself. All you need to do is put just a simple search term in, brain healing gamma, gamma waves, and you'll find all kinds of stuff. Um, so it needn't be rocket science. And, you know, I've only found these kind of things just by simply asking questions. And, you know, like the internet is a good place to start. Uh, just put in and look for what's there. You know, there's nothing special. It's just like look for what you want and ask for what you want. Put it in as a question and something's bound to come up uh, um, sooner rather than later. Um, now... There's also um, a point around uh, the use of, uh, I think, like not just naturopathic medicine, but functional medicine, where it's combined with therapy. So if you think about, um, say, taking energy or sound healing to help with um, post-concussion syndrome or healing the brain, then if you back that up with flavonoids such as ginger, uh, curcumin, uh, nacature, white, white, white turmeric, and you reverse a troll and all those other things, all the right foods and things as well, then you're going to find that if, if you're eating these foods while you're going through the therapies and your diet is right, then you're going to find it's much, much more powerful. Uh, because it'll help your body, body to resonate on the right levels as you're being healed. Whereas if you're eating pizza and junk food and ice cream and burgers and, and drinking Diet Coke and drinking coffee and all that kind of crap, then your body's not going to respond as well. And you might, if your diet is terrible, or if your diet is just kind of like this unnutritious food, and you're paying for therapies and things, and you're going, oh, well, this doesn't work, or that that's kind of not working as well as I hoped, well... You need to look at the link between the two. You know, look more closely. Um, if you're eating fresh greens and some protein, like lean protein, like fish or chicken or whatever, and then you're having like okra, spinach, and broccoli, asparagus, and, and kind of different coloured vegetables and fruits and stuff with it, uh, and not having loads of carbohydrates and things and sugar and and f uh, f uh, kind of unhealthy fats then you're going to be better off eating the greens and, and the proteins and things. Whereas if you think that like a beef burger or whatever is protein, well, you know, first of all, let me tell you, I used to work, when I was very young, I used to work in butchers and uh, there's not much meat or protein in minced beef and so on. It's mostly fat and gristle and things just mashed up. Uh, bits of skin, eyelids, all kinds of stuff. You know, the whole, when they say beef... It means any part of the animal apart from the hooves or the bones, basically. Um, so the protein in there is pretty limited. Some of it's just like hard matter gristle and, and things. So you're not going to get that nutrition. Um, 
obviously best of all to get organic meat. If you, if you are going to eat meat, eat, get organic or, you know, kind of naturally raised meat. If you're going to get fish, try not to get the ones that have been factory farmed. Try and get wild caught fish or line caught fish as well. Um, because, well, for many, many reasons. <laughs> um, when fish are farmed, they had dyes, they had all kinds of chemicals and things to the water. And the fish just absorb this and, and obviously they're in a closed space and uh, exposed to each other's feces and all kinds of stuff. So it's nowhere near as healthy as, as uh, fresh wild line caught fish. So you've got to think about the whole picture. So yeah, if I'm going for healing, I'm going to get the healing. I'm going to get therapy. Am I eating the right things at the same time? Am I drinking enough water? If you're looking at water, then again, tap water is probably out of the question. And, you know, even if you live in the best area where the water's supposed to be clean, it's still going to be pH 6 or 7, you know, quite acidic. Get like a, an alkaline water filter jug, about $15, $20 or whatever. Get that up to like pH 9 or 10 alkaline. Alkaline diet is exceptionally powerful in healing. So the bigger picture here with healing isn't that it's totally unlike medicine, totally unlike drug medicine, where, oh, take this and it will have an effect, take this, it'll have an effect, take this drug, it'll have another effect. We're so used to that. But what, what we're looking at here is, is like it's a more kind of community-based approach to healing, is like all these different things at once together will all bring you to the point where you can heal, start to heal yourself. And that's the key to it, really. So, as I found, through this last, well, in the space of the last eight, eight to ten years, is, is living a different lifestyle, yeah? And as, as with myself, you may not just have PCS, you may have other issues as well, but the, the, there's always a way where you can learn to live your, your best and healthiest lifestyle. Yeah, you may be different to other people. Your old friends and so on may well not understand what you have to do in order to just get through every day. But that there is a point whereby you will be the one that's responsible for your own health and for your own healing. And nobody else should ever take responsibility for that for you. Yeah, unless you tremendously sick and can't care for yourself then you'll need a care you'll need somebody with you all the time but I'm talking about you kind of more regular maltraumatic brain injury and so on there's never good there never should be a point where you abdicate your own healing responsibility for your own healing to doctors drug companies uh, corporate medical industrial drug corporations, whatever you want to call them, there's never a point where you should totally hand over to them. Otherwise, you're going to be led a very merry dance. And we've already seen that before over the years. And we know that we've heard that in the interviews we've had recently. You need to maintain discernment. So the point of healing, what's the point of it? Well, learning to heal learning to heal yourself so you have to find these ways and they're, they're already out there they're already available I, I'm nobody special I had no medical training no qualifications nothing but I found all this stuff on my own 
just through sheer perseverance, just through bloody-mindedness. He started out being frustrated and angry that nobody was helping me, and I was like, like this medical system is absolute rubbish. You know, they're not going to help me. And then I was like, well, uh, sod that, I'm going to help myself. I'm going to find it myself. And then I started telling other people, well, you know, go and find it yourself. Don't wait. You'll be waiting around forever and a day. So when you you take that decision that I'm going to be responsible for my health, nobody else. I know I pay my medical insurance. I know my government should help me. I know my doctor should help me. My neurologist should help me. My therapist should help me. My family should help me. Everybody else should help me. And then you put yourself in sometimes in a position of being like this disempowered weakling almost, you're like emotionally weak because you're waiting for all these people to help you. And guess what? They rarely do. It's a sad fact that they will rarely help you. Um, sometimes they will. You'll make certain advances, but then again, you could be back to square one. So don't wait. Please don't wait for anybody else. And if you're listening to this as a parent or a caregiver for somebody else, you know, don't try and be too forceful in in kind of suggesting that, that the person you're caring for or your son or daughter does all this. Try and sit and have the conversation with them first and try and encourage them to think about their own healing rather than, I know, I know as a parent, you've got to be responsible for you, you, your children, but there's a point to where you can get too forceful and, and kind of, you know, then they can get end up feeling like the guinea pig or kind of like the person that, that's being kind of acted upon through no will of their own. So, you know, have the conversations first. Ask them to listen to the podcast, you know, if, if, if your son or daughter or, or, or whoever it is, if they're struggling, you know, say, well, you know, listen listen to this, there's somebody else that's been through it, you know, make your own mind up, uh, you know, if you don't want to do it, fair enough, but, you know, there's always another way, there's always an option, there's always many, many options, it's the same with any type of illness or disease, there's about 6,000 diseases known to mankind, to humankind, and, you know, there's there's ways to treat most of them. It's only when you close your mind off and you sit and you think, oh well, there's no way to cure that. There's no way to deal with this. Well, actually, if you go kind of round the corner and look through this other door, then there is a way to treat it. There is a way to start to deal with it. It's just that you're not privy to it, or you've not seen it, or you don't think it could work. So you know, open open your minds and open your hearts up and start to look as well. So I've given you a few pointers, but it's entirely up to you now to to go ahead uh, and look further as well. Uh, there's probably quite a lot of, of therapies and things that I've missed out as well. Uh, you know, there's hyperbaric oxygen oxygen treatment, HBOT, uh, which is supposed to be very good oxygenating the cells, really highly recommended for, for brain injury as well. Um, if you can afford that, if you can get to do that, that can, can be really good, as it can for many illness, Ill, illnesses, diseases and conditions too. Um, but of course, look into that if, if it's available to you. And there's probably many more as well. Um, there's all, also obviously hypnotherapy, talking therapies, there's different forms that I'm sure you're all familiar with because you have to approach uh, brain injury on an intellectual or an emotional and psychological level as well. You know, quite often hypnotherapy can be good in retraining the brain when it's been knocked out of sync, when it's disassociated, when you feel isolated, anxious or depressed. 
that can all help too. Um, so please think about as many things as you can at one time. And if you have any questions, as always, uh, again, I don't recommend anything specifically for anybody I've talked about. These are just ideas, are just things to kind of spitball and look at yourself and think, well, you know, is this something I could look at? You don't have to have special information. You don't have to be anybody special. All you need to do is take the time and interest in yourself. Take responsibility for your own healing and have the interest to find out for yourself. And only then can you find that, well, little jumps and even big miracles are possible. Um, and that's probably all about after saying it. But yeah, get in touch. If you have questions, please, I'd love to hear those. Uh, and like before in the groups over the last five, six, years, seven years, we've done distant healing. Uh, I've done distant healing for people in the groups who put their names on. So if, if you want to have another distant healing, a regular thing, uh, for yourselves or for family or children or whatever, please let me know and we can organise that through one of the main groups as well uh, at a set time each week or whenever. And then I'd love to get your feedback on that as well because a number of times in the past, We've done that, and people have come back and gone, whoa, I just, I don't understand what's happened, but something's shifted, something's changed, something's helping, something's working. It's untrue, you know, so uh, don't just leave it down to suspension of disbelief or I don't believe this. Get involved, ask, and you will receive. Okay, so that's it for now. Um, coming back with some interviews uh, soon. Uh, I think there's a, a, a couple of victims. <laughs> Sorry, uh, my, my bad English, British humour. Uh, there's a couple of people um, that uh, are going to join us for interviews soon. So more on that later. Uh, but for now, um, feel free to get in touch uh, on Twitter. The handle is at postconcussion. On Facebook, uh, it's postconcussion syndrome awareness worldwide. Uh, in the groups, you can find us through that name. Uh, you can contact myself, David Bottomley. And on WordPress, it is postconcussion syndrome awareness uk.wordpress.com. And you can find this podcast and other podcasts on Anchor, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Castro, Overcast, Castbox, all the usual kind of ones as well, and Google Podcasts and all the others. So if you, if you are listening to this and hopefully you'll enjoy it, then please pass it on to somebody else. Yeah, I'm not doing this for money. This is not for profit and make a penny out of this. It's just there for you to help you and to inform other people as well. So please pass it on if you can. So thanks for listening again and good night. This is a very important disclaimer. In fact, it's not even a disclaimer. These are things that most sentient, intelligent, reasonable people actually know. And what am I talking about? In fact, in well, with the podcasts that we're making, you have to be responsible. Myself, my guests and my podcasts are not here to give you medical advice. We are not paid professionals. So... As society and the woke community dictates, we're here to say to you, any information which we put out in the podcast, anything we give to you, is not construed or considered in any legal way or fashion whatsoever as medical advice. 
Any reasonable person knows that. But you're always going to get one or two or maybe a few hundred people that really are just as dumb as A, B, C, X, Y, Z. So, please do not take anything we say as medical advice or any other way. Please do your own research, your own um, just due diligence into whatever we say. And if you need, if you feel you need, if you really, because you could really trust yourself, feel you need the help, trust yourself to get in touch with your local practitioner, general practitioner, doctor, specialist, or whomever, or your psychiatrist, or whoever you're dealing with through post-concussion syndrome or any other health condition. And if I need to spell this out any more, just be really considerate and kind to yourself. And don't Please don't accept what we're saying as any kind of medical or legal or personal advice. I don't know how many other ways to say it, but I'm sure those of you who are intelligent enough will realise that, yeah, we don't give that kind of advice. And if you did want that kind of advice, you'd probably pay somebody that was really good at it to give, give it to you in the first place. So don't worry about that. Uh, just enjoy the podcast. And uh, this summit is 24 now at least and, and just just really, really uh, have a, a wonderful time and please get in touch if you need to. But don't worry about um, thinking that, you know, anything else. Just, just really, really enjoy what we're doing and so much love and respect to you all. Thank you. <laughs>